We want to go to the Lord's Word today. So take your copy of God's Word. And if you're used to being online and getting your electronic Bibles running here in the sanctuary, something happened with uh, Time Warner, and that's not working today. So it's really good that all of you have the Word of God memorized. If not, go to 1 John, back by Revelation. 1 John chapter... 3, and we're going to look at verse 7 and 8 today. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Before we begin today, I just want to take a moment, and I want to thank uh, Pastor Sammy and Scott for helping the, the two Sundays that we were gone. And uh, from what I was told, uh, they did such an excellent job that, um, that I was going to be told to stay longer. That's it. So it's all good, and, and uh, it's just thank you. It was so fine to get away and not even worry about things. So I, I appreciate that very, very much. The devil tries to destroy. The devil tries to destroy, but God restores. And, and as, as we were in uh, Quebec uh, this, uh, on vacation, I was awakened during the middle of the night. And I, I really wish God wouldn't do that. How about you? you know, but, but it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'm sleeping. I think I'm sleeping really, really well. Uh, we just took a walking tour through Quebec City, uh, hills and valleys, ups and downs, cobblestone streets. It was really a really cool experience. I was really, really tired. Fell asleep quickly, and then God woke me up about 3 a.m. and put it, something burning in my spirit for us today that the devil tries to destroy and um, I tried to go back to sleep, and I couldn't, so I took out my phone that was sitting by on the, on the lampstand there in the, in the motel, and I, I, I put it down so it wasn't so bright so I wouldn't awaken Marcia, and I began to write a few notes down to help us through today. I knew today we'd be having communion, and uh, why do we do this? What's the big deal? And we're going to see what the big deal is, is because no matter what Satan throws at us, we know that Jesus Christ is bigger than that to give us victory over it. And, and that's what I, I want us to really share with today, that we have God living inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Bible says that we're to watch and pray lest we fall into temptation. So throughout our life, we need to keep our eyes open to the tricks of the devil. But we understand that God is greater. God is bigger. God has given us authority. The Bible tells us in the book of James that we're to submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee. It's not that we flee, it's not that we run and hide, but as we stand strong in God and we submit to our Lord Jesus Christ, we have God's power living inside of us, which is greater than any power of the enemy. And that's what we need to hear today. And although the enemy is fighting in our homes, he's just like a gnat. Don't gnats drive you crazy? They're just this big, and they just buzz around. They just drive you insane. But to my knowledge, no one has ever died from a gnat. You crush a gnat. And we're not going to die from what Satan is trying to do to us, but we're going to rise up, and we're going to be strong in God and His power. And that's what God wants us to hear today. So in 1 John chapter, chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, 7 and 8, I, I, let me read these from the New International Version. Dear children, talking to the church, do not let anyone lead you astray. 
He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. But get this sentence here. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Please get that in your heart today. The reason that Jesus came as a baby, the reason he came in a manger, the reason that he died on that cross was to destroy everything that the devil was trying to do in our life. And because Jesus destroyed it, and because Jesus is living inside of us, that means that we can walk in victory, that we are free as we were just singing about today. The devil begins to work in our thinking. He penetrates down into our hearts. Oh, I hate that. But God has given us authority. So during that same night up in Quebec, God put a few areas in my heart that, that the devil tries to, to destroy. And folks, we, we could add to this list a thousand times. I'm just going to hit three or four of them this morning. If I don't hit the particular one you've been fighting, it's okay. You know there's victory in Jesus, right? Whatever, whatever the area is. But first of all, that really hit me up, up in Canada is that the devil wants to destroy families. No more. No way. God loves families, and therefore the devil hates families. Get this. God loves families, so the devil's going to do everything he can to destroy families. And you might be married, and you don't even like each other. That's wrong, and that needs to stop. In God, we are to love, and we are to forgive, and we are to accept, and we are to care for one another. And we're going to be, we're, we're, we're just looking into God's word concerning this. The devil wants to put thoughts in our mind that we would be happier if we had a different spouse. There's a pastor, an Assemblies of God pastor's wife that I know left her husband because she said, God wants me happy. This shouldn't happen. This was a, two years ago. Shouldn't happen, not according to what God's Word says. There's thoughts the devil wants to put in our minds to our teenagers that their parents are cool, but mine are the pits. Oh, if I just had them as a parent, my life would be happier. Do you realize that your teenage friend is saying the same thing about your parents? What'd you learn at school today? Nothing. How good are your parents? Uh, come on, man. That's, that's the devil talking. That's not the way it's supposed to be. The, we're, our homes are to be a place of peace and refuge and love and joy. And the devil's doing everything he can to destroy it. And one of the reasons for that is this, is that the home is to represent our relationship with God himself. He is the Father. We are His children. We are the family of God. And if, 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 God, if the devil can get our homes divided, what he's trying to do is to divide our relationship with God. And he's using our homes to do that. And siblings, oh my. Instead of supporting our siblings as we should, the devil wants us to compete with our siblings. And try to be the top dog and try to be the best. It's good to see sisters sitting together back there. That's awesome, girls. 
That's the way it's supposed to be. And this is just not siblings when you're 15 years old. I know personally siblings that were in their 80s that were still fighting and arguing and complaining and grumbling. This shouldn't be. That's the devil. He's trying to destroy, trying to divide, to, to divide families. Folks, see what you missed the last two weeks? I'm sorry I'm so hard, but let me, let me just go on. I'm, I'm, tired. I'm tired of seeing this. As a minister for 39 years, I've seen one too many families destroyed. I've, I've had it. It's not right. It's the devil involved. It's not what God wants. If you want to be married to a better spouse, how about you become the better spouse? Let God do a work in you so your spouse is going to look at you and say, Whoa, what? who died and left you? There's suspicion between husbands and wives, and sometimes rightly so. It takes some time. It takes God. Some of us in this room, maybe we have blown it over the years. It takes time to get over that. I, I, I get that, but come on. You've you got to be able to live without where were you. And then there's the boss giving compliments all day. Oh, you look so nice. You're doing such a wonderful job. And then you come home, and all you get are emotional leftovers from your spouse. That's the devil working. How about this one? Treat, <laughs> this is how my nights go, okay? This is 3 a.m. in the morning. Treating our family members worse than we treat anybody else. Because we think, well, they're my family. They will love and they will forgive me anyhow. Man, that's wrong. You should treat your family better than anybody else on the planet. Come on, man. They're blood. Listen to me, please. These are all attacks of the devil. But Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. And everything the devil tries to do in our home, God wants to turn that around for good. And you say, well, I don't, I don't see the devil working. Well, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not going to see the devil literally doing it, but you're going to see the effects of what he's doing. And if you grumble and complain about a family member time and time and time and time and time again, there's the devil working in your home, and you need to get control over that through Jesus Christ. But you don't know how bad my brother is. Oh, forget it. My brother Larry threw me down the steps three or four or five times. I mean, literally, just... He hated me. He said it. He would punch me every opportunity he had. And today, we're up in a few years. And Larry and I are buds. We love each other. We call each other. We pray together. We just, just... Thank God that you might have a hard time with somebody in your family, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And Jesus Christ has come to set us free from all of that. Wow. So I'm going to say something now that some of you are just going to scratch your head. You may or may not agree with me. Right now it doesn't really matter. But Christian couples, Christian couples, spirit-filled couples who love Jesus Christ, they should not be getting divorced. God hates it. And I know we go through pain. I know there's situations. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, 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 but sometimes it's just, just way too easy. 
siblings should not be fighting with each other. If you're here, and I don't care how old your sibling is, if you are fighting with them, be the big person and stop it. Show some love. Children should not be fighting against their parents. But, 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 stop it. Stop it. The family's a unit. We need to be united against the tax of the world. Our home should be the safest place on earth. Should be the most fun place. At 38 years of marriage, I want you to know, I, I, I think different than most people. I, I'm aware of that. I still drive down my road in the evening. And I pass this house and this house and this house. And I say to myself, and I could do this, I can't wait in three more houses. It's my house and my wife is waiting on me and I can't wait to get home. Yes, yes. Thank the Lord for that. Because in my home there is love and there is peace and there's forgiveness and we pray together, we care for each other, we support each other, we fight for each other. And I'm thankful for 38 years that way. As the devil tries to destroy our home, remember rob, kill, and destroy? The devil wants to rob us of love. He wants to kill harmony. He wants to destroy relationships. And I hate him. I hate him. But Jesus Christ has come to give us abundant life. He has come to restore. He's come to, to take whatever fragments are left in our home and our relationships. And, and the Lord wants to put them together. Because that's what he does. But we have to make an effort. And we have to make an effort to get along and to forgive. And to pray for the family members. And make an effort to do chores around the house. Didn't expect that one, did you? Make an effort to fulfill the promises that we tell our children. If you tell your child, Friday night we're going to go putt-putt. Friday night you better go putt-putt. We need to realize that money will not and cannot buy you love. Kids don't need more stuff. They need you. They need you. So I want to say today, don't fight against your family. Fight for your family. When you sense there's tension, you fight in prayer. When you sense there's tension, you fight with love. And you accept and you hug and you care for your family. Don't let the devil have his way. As a matter of fact, I think it would be really awesome right now if you have a family member seated next to you, look at them and say, we are one. Chris, as brothers, we are one. All right, number two. Number two. Okay, reel it back in, folks. Reel it back in. The devil also, as I was laying in bed that morning in Quebec, the devil tries to destroy our destiny. He's trying to stop God's path and God's plan for our life. He's wanting to live with the past consequences of sin. Well, let me just tell you something you already know. Everyone in this room has sinned at least once. And many of us a whole lot more than that, right? But God, see, the devil wants us 
to live in guilt, to, to, to live in, in, in the past. God wants to redeem our present and our future. And a scripture that I have the names of my children lined up and are written in the margin of my Bible, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. God says, I just want to read the first part. God says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. And no matter how much time that we have wasted making bad mistakes, God wants to redeem the time and make our future more, I was going to say harvestable, <laughs> more, more um, fruitful than, than, than the past could have been. The devil's trying to distract you from your purpose. He's trying to get you focused on good things instead of the best things. Don't get caught up in that. When God was working in my life, preparing me for my lifetime of ministry, I wasn't even aware of it. What I was aware that there were people in my church, like Roy Marshall, that every Sunday they're worshiping God, loving God, serving God. People like Roy Marshall would mentor me without ever saying a word. I just watch his life. All I know of 14 years old, I'm sitting in church and I'm singing praises unto God with all my heart. I didn't care what my friends were doing, didn't matter. I just had a heart for God. When I graduated from high school, I was offered my own retail store. I was offered a profession, money. I was even offered my partnership in a drag racer. I think I missed it on that one. But I had praying parents. Back in 1973, when someone graduated from high school, they would go to Republic Steel, they would go to Timken, they'd work 30 years, they would retire and be done. The good old days. So that was my plan. But I had praying parents. And my mother came up to me one day. She said, Danny... Sorry, Danny. Have you ever thought about going to college? No one in my family, since the 1700s we've been on this in America, no one in my family ever went to college. That was the last thing in my mind. God began to steer my life. See, here's what happened. God, when I was a baby, Wes, listen to this, with that beautiful son of yours, when I was a baby, God spoke into my mother's heart and said, I have a plan for this little boy. And I want you to steer him. I want you to guide him. My mother never told me that. She just did it by her words, by her prayers. I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20. And now I still didn't know what I was doing in life, although I was in college, I was lost. But I still love God, still serve God, got involved in college, working on VBS, working in kids' church, working in Royal Rangers at 20 years old. And one day, long story, God called me to the ministry, told my mother. She tried to talk me out of it. After she couldn't talk me out of it, she began to weep. And she said, God told me when you were a baby, 
what you were supposed to do. And she said, if I could talk you out of it, you weren't ready to hear it yet. So I waited, and I prayed, and here it is. Why am I saying all that? Because the devil was trying to destroy my destiny. The devil was trying to put money in front of me, trying to put other opportunities in front of me, the exhilaration of a drag racer in front of me. But God had another plan. And folks, if you're out there making money, that's awesome. That's what God wants you to do. But that wasn't my destiny. Why am I saying all this? Because I think there are teenagers and there are young adults here that your mom and dad, they love God and they love you and nobody loves you more than they do. And God has putting putting something in their heart for you. And it would do you well to consider what they have to say. It would do you well to listen to godly parents and grandparents who care about you. They would lay their life down for you. When Elias was born, Nikki said to me, she said, it's amazing how instantly you can love somebody so much. That's the way it is when you're a parent. So children, grandparents, children, young adults, you don't know what you're doing in life? How about you go up to mom and dad and say, has God spoken to you about my life? I'm ready to get on with my destiny. Wow. This is good stuff. Scripture, you've all heard it, but you're going to hear it again. Jeremiah 29, 11 is already shared in this service. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God is promising plans for your life, your life, your life. This is different than your, your job, your occupation. Sometimes your occupation matches Sometimes you work because you got to eat. But there are times, though, that God has a ministry, a calling, a burden upon His heart that He puts on our heart, and there's something that He wants us to do. Jeremiah 33.3, you'll recognize it very possibly. God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. If you don't know what God wants you to do, ask Him. And then you say, does he really care? Does he really have a plan for my life? Ah. Jeremiah 1, verse 5, God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. The God's word is saying, before we were even born, God had a plan and purpose for our life. And the devil wants to do everything he can to keep us from it. He's a gnat. Smash him. Who are all these scriptures for? Somebody say me. Me. So since God has a plan, you better believe the devil is wanting to stop it. The devil is wanting to rob our hope. He's trying to kill our dreams. He's trying to destroy our future. And I hate him. I hate him. I hate what he's doing to the children of God that are lost. And I'm not even talking about loss and sin. They're just existing. There's got to be more to life than that. See, Jesus has come to give us abundant life. He's come to give us a hope and a future. Jesus has come to restore our destiny. Third thing this morning, 
up in Quebec. Devil is trying to destroy our rest, our EST. Psalm 23, verse 2, Jesus promised, God, God's word, he promises to lead us to the green pastures and to the still waters. He promises to give us time in our life where we're just at peace. But when it comes to destroying rest, I think the devil's working overtime in my life on that one. And by the way, I'm not even going to talk a long time about this, but let, let me just remind you of something you already know. Worry changes nothing for the good. Worry only destroys. Worry causes anxiety. Worry causes you to lose sleep. The worry, the fear, the what-ifs of life, it does nothing positive for us. And the devil is trying to, when we lay down at night, he's trying to destroy our sleep. Trying to rob our rest, trying to destroy our thinking, to kill our peace, and I hate him for it. But Jesus promises to give us abundant life and peace and rest as we put our faith in him. Jesus came to restore our rest. Aren't you thankful for that? See, faith, we talked a lot about faith on Wednesday nights. Faith is believing that God cares, going through a situation. God cares, God has a solution, and God loves me. Folks, do you know that God loves you? I, put on, I haven't posted on Facebook in six months. Then I posted something this week. I know that you love God, but are you aware that God loves you? Sometimes we just serve God. God God's word says I need to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. So I, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you, God, I love you. And we're so stressed out loving God that we're not enjoying the rest in God. And we need to understand one thing, that no matter what we're going through in life, God loves us. And once I get that into my spirit that God loves me, you know what I'm able to do? I'm able not only to close my eyes at night, I'm able to close my spirit. Well, I don't, you know what I'm saying. I'm not going to be thinking and dwelling on all that stuff anymore. Because the devil's trying, he's trying to, trying to stop us from sleeping well. Because if you sleep well, what happens? You get nasty, don't you? I do. I get grumpy. And then I'm not able to work as I should. My mind, as our mind rests in God, our hope is strong and the peace returns. And this is God wants, what God wants. The fourth and last thing will point us right to communion this morning. The devil tries to destroy our relationship with God. As you know, Adam and, in, Adam and Eve sinned. They were cast out of the Garden of Eden. That wasn't the worst part. The worst part is that there was a wall between them and God. That's the worst part. They used to walk with God, converse with God. They had fellowship with God. They knew God better than anybody else knew God. They walked with God. They had that relationship with God. And all of a sudden, they're outside. God is inside. And there's a wall between them. And, and, and it just wasn't the same anymore. And we all know that feeling every time that we sin. And, and folks, we sin. And, and all of a sudden, we realize we, we hurt God. There's a conviction of the Holy Spirit. We ask God to forgive us. But for a short time, there's a wall. There seems to be a wall between us and God. And that's what Satan wants. He wants there to be a wall between ourselves and God. 
The devil wants to rob us of our walk with God. He wants to kill our relationship with God. He wants to destroy our spirit. And I hate him. Is it okay to say that about the devil? I hate him. And Jesus came to give us abundant life by taking every sin that we've ever committed and he, and he put it up on that cross, put it up on his, his shoulders as he hung on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. And I think sometimes he needs to say, Father, forgive them because they do know what they're doing and they're doing it anyhow. Father, forgive them. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. What does it is finished mean? That means it is finished. That everything he had to do to forgive us of our sin was done and the devil wants to bring something from 1973 or something we did five minutes before church. He wants to bring it to our attention so that it destroys our relationship with God here today. Man, he's a liar. He is so stinking, sneaky and tricky and yet he hasn't changed his pattern since the days of Adam and Eve and we just fall right into it. Oh, woe is me. Every time the Browns lose, I go up to, to, to where Marsh is, and I'm walking like this. My back is getting really sore. I just want you to know that. And, and that's the way we walk around. Oh, man, I sinned. I'm just no good. I'm just a zero. Just, would you stop it? Would you stop it? Either God forgives or he doesn't. Either our sin has been covered or, or it hasn't been. And we know what the Word of God says, that Jesus Christ has forgiven our sins. And He wants us to go forward in Him. And the devil wants us to feel like a zero or like we've hurt God or like, you know, you know the feelings. We all go through it. Stop it. And put your rest in what Jesus Christ did upon that cross for you and for me. And He also said on that cross, you will be with, help me, me in paradise. Aren't you thankful this, that this is not your home? Aren't you thankful you're not going to be here forever? Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ promised a home for us in heaven and one of these days we're going to get there? And by the way, you're, you're one day closer than you were yesterday. Hallelujah for that. Jesus came to restore our relationship with him. So today, I want you to consider the difference between what Satan offers and what Jesus offers. Satan wants to destroy our family, and God offers love. Don't let Satan have his way. Satan is offering us to be numb in life, just living payday to payday, and that's all that matters. Believe me, there's more to life than that. And God offers you a plan and a purpose. Satan offers to destroy your rest, your peace, your sleep. And God is leading us to still waters. Remember the day as a kid, you would just lay in the yard and you just look up at the clouds and you just find animals up in the clouds and all that? Maybe, maybe we need to go do that again. Because God wants us to rest in our spirit. Satan wants to keep us in sin, but Jesus is offering forgiveness and a home in heaven. Come on, folks. Let's not mess around. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, let's be a Christian. If you're going to make a decision, make a decision. And let's follow God. In our text today, in 1 John 3, 8, Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. 
than whatever the devil's trying to do in your life. God is bigger. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19, I'm just going to condense it and say this, that God has given us authority over serpents and scorpions, which are symbols of the devil. That God has given us authority over Satan's tactics. So today, I want you to know there is still victory in Jesus. Oh, victory in Jesus. My Savior forever, He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing that this morning, all right? But there's still victory in Jesus. There's still power in the blood. There's still power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And let me say this, church. God is still on the throne. I love you folks, but right now I'm just thinking of my brother Phil Heller. And Phil loves to mention that when God finally throws Satan into the lake of fire, God has so much power that he tells one angel, angel, just go take care of him. It shows how big and mighty and powerful our God is. We don't have to be living under fear and worry and stress and, and, and problems with your, your, your relationships with your kids. Come on, let's, let's understand where the source of these things are coming from and let's submit these things unto God so that we can be free in Jesus. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.